Due to the graphic nature of this program, discretion is advised. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Art Star Scene Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. I am Francis Hall, a.k.a. Face Boy. I am Lucas Timore. And I'm Rachel. And on her way here, probably in the elevator right now, is Dylan Greenberg. I still can't hear. You can't hear? It's just static. Uh, I guess we can do it without me hearing. Do you want to switch? That's it. Dylan, for those of you who don't know, is an awesome filmmaker. Works with Troma. Does that kind of fun, weird stuff that we like. Also a musician. Also a musician. Um, and... And Francis's goddaughter. And I think she's texting. What floor? What? What's the studio's? Uh... It's a third floor. Third floor, last door on the. There we go. Here she is. Yay! Hi. Hi. Hey. Hi. How are you? Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, sorry, I didn't remember what floor. I'm super super excited you're here. So Thank you. you. Yeah, I get to see everyone. Your hair looks very pretty. Can, Thank you. Can we yes. describe your hair in your outfit? Sure. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah. Dylan is dressed in like this beautiful, this beautiful hot pink and black. Um, very like kind of. Do you mind me saying it's kind of a goth? A little yeah. Goth? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Definitely. A little like um a goth dress, and then um the um her hair matches perfectly. The dress. Yeah. yeah, I love the hot pink hair with the the big '80s style bow. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I love bows. Yeah, I got this bow for like ninety nine cents when I worked at Troma, and I've somehow never lost it. It's just gotten like progressively dirtier. <laughs> <laughs> it looks cool that way. Yeah. Well, here is a gift for you. This is oh, wow. Electra Elf, the complete series. This is uh, something that I uh, I'm so had excited a small to have role this. in. I play Wesley. It's a pretty um, big. I'm you're sort, in like every episode. Yeah, I'm sort of like it's the, not small. Sort of like <laughs> I'm sort of like the Lois Lane. Yeah, but you're uh, not a recurring character. You're like the you're like a, a cast member. You know what I'm saying? So you've seen some. You're of not it. just a. Well, yeah, I used to watch it all the time. Oh really? Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh, I've seen like almost every episode. So you know how fucking offensive it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, of course, I've watched Electra Elf. Wow. I used to like watch it with my sister. When she was like a kid, she loved it. You mean when it was being broadcast? No, I, I no. Um, it actually, when it was first being broadcast, she would have been like literally like an infant. No, like she would have been probably like maybe like seven or eight. Okay. And I was probably in like my teens. Well, for folks that don't know, Electra Elf is a superhero created by Nick Zed and Reverend Jen. Here, hold on. And um, and and the episodes are all you know if you know of Nick Zed's work or. Reverend Jen or mine, the shit is weird. We don't follow a lot of rules. We somehow got this thing on TV on Manhattan Neighborhood Network, and uh, and originally they were airing it, you know, like after school because they thought it was you know the superhero because it because it's because we steal a lot of a lot of uh, we steal a lot of the aesthetic from the 1960s Batman. It, it has that kind of look and feel at times. Um, but it, you know, eventually I think someone actually fucking watched it 
and they moved it to like uh, Sunday at 1 a.m. or something like that. They, they moved it to something more appropriate for adults. Yeah, you, usually what you're in is pretty dirty. My stuff is dirty. Yeah. David begged me to come on the air today and <laughs> talk shit about Nixit. And I was like, why would I do that, David? I have like nothing bad to say about Nixit. And he was like, please. And like, he like, yeah, he was like feeding me lines. I was like, no, David. No, David <laughs> uh, is on really bad behavior today. Um, well, I have a gift for y'all. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that there were going to be three people oh, no, on no. today. Otherwise, okay. I would have brought a third. But this is my new movie that I brought for you oh, guys. Awesome. It's we a, live it's together not anyway. A, so it's oh, perfect. okay. <laughs> perfect. It's not a, it's a 30 minute uh, quote unquote documentary. And I use that term very loosely. Amanda Flowers. Yes. Amanda Flowers. Uh, Joe Estevez of, oh. of uh, Soul Taker fame mystery science theater 3000 he's martin sheen's brother um plays sir eisengord and it's it's my documentary about this definitely real historical figure named sir eisengord who um who contained his soul in a little black box after he died (laughs) and taught his students about his magnificent spinning quanto quasi table i'm looking forward to that i'm I'm watching that tonight all right. You have yeah. a DVD player? I have a blue Blu-ray player. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that plays DVDs. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I got I got it I got it because I got a Blu-ray just mainly to watch werewolf pitches. Yeah. Yeah, what's funny is I don't have a Blu-ray player yet. I like still haven't been able to ju- I like just got a Roku, which is like a huge like thing for me. Like I didn't even have a flat screen until like 2 or 3 years ago. I was watching everything on this like CRT I had from the 80s. So, I'm like still kind of Moving into the the twenty first century, I didn't have a TV until I moved with Rachel. Yeah, yeah. Well, we never turn it on. It's basically just like a prop. Well, now there's a pole the right, right, right True. in the center of the, like where the TV is. Uh, a pole for pole dancing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm learning how to pole dance a little bit. It's really, really hard. Yeah, I've always admired. I've always admired people who can pole dance. I'll teach you if you want to come over sometime. I like don't think that I I could do it. But <laughs> thank you. Well, Lucas is an excellent teacher. Oh yeah. Thank you. Very patient and. Oh wait, I don't know why I said thank you. What the hell? <laughs> I'm like really frazzled from my commute here. It's been a little hellish, right? Yeah. With the the, the, the trains and yeah. the heat and, yeah. and all of that. Well, I missed. I literally it was like the classic like as I'm walking to the bus stop, the bus whizzes by me, and mm-hmm. then I look, and it's and it's like. No more buses on schedule. Um, so then I walk like like half a mile to the other bus stop, the other bus line, and then that like takes fucking forever. And then I I end up getting off at the wrong stop, and then I got an I like got an Uber here, and it like dropped me off like exactly at seven, and then I like didn't know what floor. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I was like exactly two minutes late. Yeah, we were all late today. We Did that stress late. you out, Francis? No, no, I have. I you have... trusted we were coming? No. <laughs> I have. I have accepted that there are times when I am here by myself and not expecting to be here by myself, and I have to come up with a hour's material and just no, pull it we out of my No, we weren't going to abandon you. And that that has happened, and sometimes it's worked out really well. Sometimes it's been so shitty that I don't even archive the episode. <laughs> So with uh, Werewolf Bitches from Outer Space, it also came with some uh, special features, uh, some films that you had done, and one of them, do you want me to turn the air conditioner on? I, oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize it was off. 
Yeah, yeah, I can turn that on. Oh, that would be amazing. Um, um, and uh, let me just finish this. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to ask you a question. So one of them was was a, a short film that I did yeah. with Reverend Jen that you had directed. Yeah, when I was a teenager. When you were a teenager. I was like 15, and I, was, I think. And I was telling, <laughs> 16. I was telling my sister Nancy that it may be the absolute worst acting job I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I mean, to so. be fair, my directing job wasn't great, but I was, I was like still in high school. How did you um how did you get into directing? Um that's a really good question. I think I sort of just naturally got into the idea of making videos before I really understood what a director was. Like I think it just kind of was like I was making videos from the time I was like really, really little. Oh, that's so um cool. like at first just on like on like my mom my mom wanted VHS camera and a teacher's raffle. Mm-hmm. So I was making videos on that. Um and then like I eventually figured out like my parents had like a digital camera and they didn't realize it also shot like video, like very, very low quality video. And that was the first time I realized like, oh I can like bring this into a computer and like I can like manipulate the footage and actually edit it together so it looks like a real movie and like add titles. And then, yeah, I think eventually I just kind of, like, somehow gained the knowledge that, like, that's what, like, directing is, essentially, is that you're, like, making the movie and, like, telling the people what to do. And, yeah. You know, I was telling, like, occasionally when I had a friend over, we'd, like, make a movie together. And, you know, I was telling my friend what to do, and that just kind of was directing. Um, and then, I guess, I started to kind of learn more about, like, what the actual process, like, what actually constituted like a crew at least on a small level when i started acting as a kid and i was i uh notoriously played the serial killer henry lee lucas as a child on a and e biography when i was like six or seven (laughs) so that was like my first exposure to fake blood actually because uh henry lee lucas got his eye stabbed out so they had a scene where my eye gets stabbed out oh, no. that was broadcast on national television. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, there was a director and, and it was the first time, you know, I understood, okay, there's a, I mean, I usually do my own camera, but there's a, you know, there's a director, there's a cinematographer, um, you know, someone's controlling the lights, you know, um, you know, et cetera. Um, and so then, then I kind of, un- and then I think at one point I was like, oh, well, I want to be an actor because that's just kind of like the thing that I feel like most people are first familiar with, with a movie is like, oh, like the movie star, you know, that's the, you know, some people might not even be conscious that there is a director. And, but then I think I realized eventually, oh, I like sort of being the one who kind of controls the whole situation and isn't just the actor in the situation also i watched tootsie when i was a kid and the main thing i took away from it um was not the transvestitism of it but but the (laughs) fact that being an actor looks really hellish and i think that's what i was like okay i like don't think i want to be an actor which is funny because then i end up now i'm like now that i've like decided to not be an actor i like keep getting hired to be an actor (laughs) yeah we saw you um in in your trauma film, the, yeah, yeah. I mean, Shakespeare's yeah. shitstorm, which yeah. we all enjoyed. Yeah, and I'm going to be, and I just got hired to be in a movie called Special Needs Revolt, uh, which is going to be directed by Adrian Esposito. Oh, cool. That's we're shooting that in August in Buffalo, New York. These are not 
SAG signatory. D- yes, yeah. I know it has. No, yeah, I. Right. And to be I, fair, there oh, the, the strike is specifically for like Netflix and yeah. Disney, and it's not um, a full SAG um, strike. Yeah, they even said that people who are SAG can can work on small independent productions. Yeah. I think as long as yeah, it's they compliant said they with said SAG. they like want they actually yeah. like wanted them to continue to do state people to continue to do stage work and to continue to do yeah. Like, I mean, they got to act. I mean, they got to work. You know, people have to work somewhere. Yeah, um, I still want to make uh, Raider Bader with you. That would be amazing. I was thinking maybe go upstate. My mom has a house in mm-hmm. Cold Spring, and there's uh there's the um the the. The West Point Foundry. The Foundry, mm-hmm. yes. Is, there's an abandoned foundry, which I mm-hmm. think would be a great setting. Oh, for, yeah. It doesn't look that way anymore. It's not like dystopian anymore. It's it's already done. Yeah, but there's still a lot of you know buildings that are in decay. No. Yeah, they are. There's no. There's just the one. I remember because I was like, I was like, where are all the decay buildings? It's like there's only the one. I know. We were talking about this the, I other, freaked out. the other day. We were like, there's no more abandoned places in New York City. Like, it's... Yeah, the, the, those are the my dystopian favorite nature of it. There's like, the train tracks in Bushwick that I've shot some oh, videos yeah. on. Yeah. Those train... You know, those by, train it's tracks, by the yeah. place... Uh, um, fuck, I almost called it placebo. Purgatory. That venue purgatory. You can go through this gate and then just go right on these train tracks. And I shot a video there for the artist Mia Byrne, who actually gave me this dress that I'm wearing. Greater Bader is uh, a guy... That uh, kills people with a cheese grater <laughs> and then masturbates. Awesome. <laughs> Sounds like a, a, good, a good night. <laughs> I was inspired by Driller Killer. Oh, cool. I love that movie. Yeah. That was the first Abel Ferrar movie I ever saw. Actually. Okay. I guess I just, I went in chronological order. I think I actually did by act, like, I, at first. I, I think in, eventually I've, I, I've definitely watched it out of order, but like, I started with Driller Killer, and then I think I went straight to Miss 45, which I'm pretty sure was directly after. Um, but then I think I just jumped to Bad Lieutenant. How, like, how did you meet the art star scene? Like, how did you meet Rev Jen and, and Francis? Um, I read Elf Girl, and I was really into that book. And I think that really made me want to get involved. And then, you know, it was just kind of serendipitous that kind of right as I read that... Uh, the anti-slam sort of began its old man hustle era. So like kind of right as that happened, I was able to kind of sneak my way in despite being in high school. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think that's probably, I, I always kind of cite that as like one of the things that's had like probably one of the most major impacts on my life, like ever. Wow. Yeah. I would say, I mean, that and working at Troma, but Tro- even Troma is because of the art star scene. It's like ev- like everything kind of like goes back to that. That's cool. I'm really interested, too, that you wanted to be a director without knowing what a director was. I think it's like... I think instinctually, I just, yeah. I liked that. It's like when I played with toys, that's just, I was kind of like I was creating the movie. I was just always, fa- I mean, also, you know, I, I think it also goes hand in hand with I've always really liked special effects and I've always really liked camp. Mm-hmm. And I think I've always wanted to create those things. And I guess part of that is like, you know, manipulation of images and... and um I don't know, I'm like trailing off. Yeah, there, there's nothing like that, like the one art form that's kind of organic to you. Um, 
for me that was collage i like remember being That's a little awesome. kid and like literally ripping up like the garbage and the boxes that rules. and people are like what you can't do that you can't have garbage in yeah, your desk you super can actually. i was like i'm making something <laughs> my partner and i are constantly doing shit with garbage so you actually totally can have garbage all over the floor you totally can <laughs> we made all of our films at nyu with like just like digging through the trash and then like that's where we'd get our inspiration to my last film reagitator a lot of the sets uh were built by uh my friend james mclean and who goes by james or whatever who's also a performance artist and james at i mean mostly james but i also help but we built a lot of the sets yeah like literally out of just garbage and, and like plastic bags and stuff and just kind of like glued them to stuff and made sets out of it well, and you know, it, in Werewolf Bitches, my, my, my cop cruiser is made of cardboard. Yeah. I love yeah. it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I tried to, I, I, that was weirdly, I felt like that was kind of the big, that was my, that might have been the one big, like, disagreement I had with Jen is that I wanted it to look slightly less fake. <laughs> like, I was okay with it looking fake, but I was like, it still has to look like we're trying. <laughs> yeah. And Jen, like, was just committed to it really being just like, he's walking around while holding it and i kind of tried to like find a middle ground where it's like i had those shots where i had you against the sky and i i actually had the late joe heaps with like a, a branch and i had it like going past the camera over and over again just to because i wanted it to, to give the illusion that even if it is cardboard it's still like actually being driven um and i did some like really rudimentary like chroma key stuff to try and like make it look like you were actually like driving it around. There was no steering wheel. I was no, yeah, there's no steering wheel. steering wheel. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I did my best. Obviously, I, it's not that I didn't want it to look like not cardboard. It's that I wanted I wanted people to be able to believe that like in this universe, like the uh, that is just what people drive. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like I have no problem with things looking artificial. It's more that I. I want the artificial to be believable. But I think we found like a good a good middle ground. I love the film. I mean, yeah, me too. I also honestly when people ask like what film that you've worked on should I check out first? I'm like, well, I didn't fully direct, you know, I co-directed it, but honestly, like if it's someone who I know likes like campy movies, I'm like just watch Werewolf Pitches because I mean, it's 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 it's, it's probably I mean definitely more so Reverend Jen's vision than mine, but like I do feel like it's kind of a good entry point into kind of both of our separate filmographies because I just think it's so it's kind of an easy thing to watch and like have fun with versus some of my other stuff is it's probably more challenging. Similar to like I think if someone's trying to get into Nick Zed, it's like probably watch Electra Elf first because it's that's also probably his most accessible Agreed. thing because you can laugh. You, it's easy. You can you can you know just on the surface level. You can la- like obviously it has a deeper message, but it's like you can just like laugh and like appreciate that it's campy, and then it might inspire someone to then dig deeper and, and then see some of his more challenging stuff. Yeah, a couple of the episodes are just Christopher Broder kind of spouting out yeah. all of his. Well, th- those ones are like insane. Yeah, those those are you know if you like Chris Broder, and I have to admit that a lot of yeah. what he says, most of what he says makes sense, but yeah, but it's I mean it's some a, it's of a his half le- hour of yeah. him just. At you, the whole and he time. can. So he certainly can can go. He can just go and go. Yeah, he he he, yeah. Can, he can keep. He can yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Relatable. 
Yeah, Chris yeah. Broder, for folks that don't know, he was uh, spent some time in jail for stalking Giuliani um, <laughs> when his Giuliani mom. was mayor. And Giuliani's mom? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Gotta leave people's moms out of it. Come on. Now. Well, I think that's where, yeah, I think that's, I mean. That's I where know. he really went wrong, yeah. I mean, I there's some other things he did that are a lot worse. <laughs> he, he's done some bad things. Yeah. I mean, there was a point, yeah. He's. Let's move on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we had a comment from Calvin. <sighs> Calvin said, if Lucas can teach my dumpy ass to pole dance, Lucas can teach anyone. Calvin does not have a dumpy ass. No, I, no, I don't believe that. I'm just ass. telling you Calvin's <laughs> words. Uh, Calvin has a great ass. Yeah, I would, I would he, never he think that self, about you, Calvin. Self-deprecating, self-deprecating, <laughs> self-deprecating. I do the self-deprecating humor. I do a lot yeah. of self-deprecating humor. Get out, shitty pants, man. R. Get R. out, get out, shitty pants, man. R.I.P. Walter Gambin. Yes, yes. Who, that's and, the uh, funny, I mean, that's definitely one of the funniest parts of the movie. Get out, Mr. Shitty Pants, pants Man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if you want to join the conversation, I might be able to get the phone to work. And the phone, oh, they're not calling in? Yeah. Okay, never maybe, mind. Maybe someone else will call in. <laughs> maybe someone else will call in. Who knows? Yeah, well, fuck it. We're having a good time. So, yeah. you know, screw them. Well, speaking of Radio Free Brooklyn, um, I recently, I've been seeing a lot of uh, Robert Pritchard because uh, he works at Coney Island also right now. Oh, does he? Yeah. I, I, he works at Coney Island. He does door there a lot. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. I, re- I Like last week, I ran into, actually last Saturday when I was supposed to be on the show but couldn't make it. Because I remembered I had to hang out. I promised my mom I'd hang out with her. Um, I um, yeah, I ran into him and Rachel, who are both in Werewolf Bitches. So it all comes they full are both circle. In Werewolf Bitches. So he's working at. Uh, at we the, need to at make Coney a Island trip at the theater. Yeah, I mean, I feel like because we I have feel to like see Alaska. Doing, oh yeah, Alaska's awesome. Yeah, yeah I haven't Alaska. seen yeah, Alaska just, on change. Well, it's yet. funny. I just I just went to the sideshow, but Alaska wasn't there. Oh yeah, um, I but, think but Alaska was in there. Alaska, but. Oh yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> I, would die. I would die if I went to Coney to see the show in Alaska wasn't there. Yeah. Um, but we're on her Facebook. We can just see it. Yeah. Like she's performing that day. Yes. Yeah. But Kita was awesome. Kita St. Cyr and Jack Sullivan was great. And then also I wanted to mention that uh, my band is going to be performing at the Coney Island Shooting Gallery uh, August 19th. Um, and it's going to be an event that we're putting together. I, I shit you not, called Queer Clown Bat Mitzvah. <laughs> um, there's going to be a real queer rabbi there oh blessing gosh. people. All right, I'm already invested. Yeah, yeah. Ra- <laughs> Rabbi Rachel Grant Meyer is going to be there. Um, and the band 95 Bulls is headlining. And then my band Theophobia. Now we're a full band with, we have six members. Um, and uh, and from the sideshow, Maggie McMuffin is going to be there, and it's going to be hosted by Pink Velvet Witch, who's also from the sideshow. The sideshow just seems to have such good year. talent, yeah. such good talent. Yeah, the shooting gallery I mean, is right next to the great. main sideshow. It's always been great, but yeah. they have a really it like, seems to have a really like, oh yeah, no, they, yeah, they yeah. seem to have something really. And they're all really like, close friends, which like Matt, you know, it helps like put on a good show. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, those people are are all really cool. I definitely like. I definitely wish I was as cool as them, and I'm not. I don't like to <laughs> feel that way. I'm, like, I'm, I'm not even close. Yeah, not even close. Yeah. No, I honestly, those are definitely like those feel like the coolest people like ever. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I like think it, you guys are cool. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Most uh, most people don't feel that way. 
about me. You know, you that's never, not true. You never yeah. know, Dylan. I, you, you, you never know. Uh, I mean, trauma fans think I'm cool. Thanks, yes, trauma fans. That's right. That's, that's like right. the one place I'll go to a trauma event and people will actually think I'm, that will like come up and talk to me. It's like the, when when Lucas first encountered me, uh, it was when he was Lucille. And I was doing a show called Face Boys Follies. It was a variety show with burlesque. <laughs> oh, yeah. My wife like would that. be like, go up and just spot. And then I was like, no, no. Francis is too cool. Or Face Boy, I'd call you. Yeah, like, I'd be like, Face Boy is too cool. Can't, can't meet him. I still call him Face Boy. <laughs> Face Boy is too cool. And uh, <laughs> jump forward to... Now I own your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Dude, now I own your asshole. We all grow in life. Let's play a song, shall we? <laughs> okay. I would like to play this just because I was thinking about this song, and I did not know that it had ever been remastered. So we're going to play the Buzzcocks Orgasmatic, which had cool. been remastered. And uh, here it goes. Awesome. All right for kicks, but now you find out that it's a habit that sticks on your orgasmatic. You're orgasmatic. Sneaking in the back door with dirty magazines Now your mother wants to know what all the stains on your jeans And you're an orgasm addict You're an orgasm addict Orgasmatic by the Buzzcocks. All the remasters sound exactly the same to me. <laughs> I can never fucking yeah, tell. Yeah, I can't really tell the difference between a remaster and the original. But like, I think if you were probably listening on like a really, really good sound system, like I think on streaming, honestly, it's probably not going to make that much of a difference. But if you're listening on like a really nice, like hi fi system, then you probably can hear a difference. Or if you have like really good headphones and okay. you're listening to like a wave or something. Okay. Like, that, there honestly is a case for, like, buying the album. Like, even if you're just buying it digitally, because when you buy the album, you often get, like, AIFF files versus, like, yeah, like, it's, it's definitely way compressed for most streaming services, except, like, Tidal. And it's, like, who has Tidal, unfortunately. Don't know what any of this stuff is. 
Title was the streaming service that I think Jay Z co-founded, and it was supposed to like be this like huge. I mean, it would have been great for artists, but I think it's like more expensive, and people, as VHS taught us, people were fine are fine to pay for slightly worse quality if it's cheaper. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm gonna ask you about all the stuff and where people can find it in a second. Yeah, no but, problem. Uh, right now, I do want to suggest sometime in the future. Uh, everybody cancel your Netflix for a month. Oh, yeah. Um, as a way to show support for the SAG and the writers' strike. I, I think it's been 60 years since both... And your Disney Plus, because it's also a Disney. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't have that anyway. But Netflix yeah. I do have, and I'm going to shut it off for a month. I'm just waiting until, you know, other people start... You know, if we all do it at the same time, obviously it's going to have a bigger effect. So, anyway, where can we find your films and uh, how can people support your work and see what you're doing and your music and, and all that stuff. Okay. So that's, that's, that's a pretty loaded question because my <laughs> stuff is all over the place, but my new film, Sir Eisengord, or that's the abri- abbreviated title. The full title is Sir Eisengord and the theory of the magnificent spinning quanto quasi table <laughs> um, is now streaming on no budge, which is a premium uh, short film platform. And I believe it's premiering at trauma dance. Um, which I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be September 2nd, Saturday, but the entire event of Troma Dance, I think, goes from September 1st to the 3rd. So it's definitely one Is of those Is that the thing that's, days. like, upstate? It's actually not upstate. Uh, this this year, uh, they have kind of done... They've gone back to... Sep- it, they had kind of combined Tromathon and Troma Dance. Now, upstate, now in Pennsylvania, it, at the Mahoning, it's Tromathon, which I think is actually happening, like, right now, like, oh, this okay. weekend. Um, which I unfortunately like. It's just really hard for me to get up there because I do love. I've gone there a few times, but it's it's like it's like hard because I don't have a car. Um, yeah. But it's like really fun. Um, yeah. Last year, Tromathon and Troma Dance were the same thing. This year, uh, Troma Dance is going to be a beauty bar, and it's oh, going to cool. be first to the third. Where's uh, that again? Beauty bar is in the East Village. Yeah, yeah. East Village oh, on Fourteenth awesome. Street. Yeah, Great. it's where like Michael T and um and Twig both DJ. Okay. Yeah. And um, and then uh, Werewolf Bitches and uh, my movie Reagitator, and then I think in the fall my movie Dark Prism are all going to. Uh, the first two are already out on Blu-ray and DVD from Darkside releasing, and you can even get them on Walmart's website, which is pretty <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> and hopefully on VOD at some point. Um, I think they're on VOD on NewVillageVideo.com, but hopefully there will be a wider release soon. And uh, Lucas, if you could read this for us. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, free expression, and public art. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air and allows us to continue our work in the community. We are a 501c3 nonprofit organization, so all contributions are tax deductible. Please support with a monthly pledge or a one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. If you'd like to listen to RFB when you're not in front of your computer, please download our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store or for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. Please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Thank you very much. Um, one more, th- while we're while we're uh, while I'm plugging stuff already, um, just want to reiterate: queer clown bat mitzvah 
is happening on uh, August 19th, and I, you can go on ConeyIslandUSA.com to get tickets. That's very, like, Rachel's always looking for, like, queer Jewish events. I know yeah, that they're going to be, I mean, not, cool. not all the performers are Jewish, okay. but I'm Jewish, my bandmate Matt is Jewish, um, and, uh, yeah, there's going to be an, an actual rabbi. That's so cool, uh, yeah. I didn't know you are Jewish. Well, my last name is Greenberg, so. Yeah, I guess I, I should have <laughs> That's the first clue. Yeah, we, we tried to go to those, like, queer events at, um, what's the place in Bushwick? House of Yes. House of Yes. But they're uh-huh. too cool. They sell out really, really fast. Yeah, they sell fast, out really fast. they sell out really fast. they're super expensive. Yeah. yeah, I forget what well, the name is... of the organization that does it at, at House of Yes, but um, it seems like a really cool organization. I mean, we try to do our, our own cool queer Jewish things in the house, but it would be a lot cooler with other people. Yeah, we'll come to Queer Clown Bat Mitzvah. I think, I think we'll be there. There's going to be Jews. There's going to be clowns. <laughs> it's going to have an authentic Bat Mitzvah style atmosphere. And for anyone who didn't get to have a Bat Mitzvah, this is your chance. <laughs> it's for everyone. It's your chance, Lucas. It's going to be everyone's Bat Mitzvah. Or, or bar. bar Mitzvah <laughs> or whatever. I'm just more like, I, I like the idea of a feminine pronoun being the neutral pronoun, the neutral if that pronoun. makes sense. Because I, like I feel too. like, you know what I'm saying? It's always the masculine pronoun. That's the masculine. everyone pronoun. Yeah. And it's like, why can't the feminine pronoun uh, be there for everyone? I prefer when people do that, too. Because yeah. like, everyone can be, fun. yeah. Yeah. I think, like, you know, we've just, so much in history, always defaulted to, like, men as, right. like, yeah. There was a period where there was there were just too many fucking female pronouns. Do you know there was a time there were astro- female astronauts were called astronauts? That sucks. No, <laughs> that's yeah, so that's lame. I'm not even. Sucks. I did not make that. Yeah, up. no, I, that, like, I believe sounds you. Sounds just so seventies. Um, I don't know. Are, are y'all with me on this? But I think that comedian is such a cringe term. I don't know. What do you? Com- what, what would you say instead? Just comedian. Comedian. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like, because it doesn't feel, or I, I guess I'm just, I just contradicted what I just said, but I don't feel like comedian is an inherently male, like, male thing. thing. You know what I'm no. saying? It never, it's not like it's a comedio and comedia. Like, it's just, it's comedian. If anything, it has comedia at the end, you know? I don't know. It, it always felt instinctually very gender neutral to me. And then for it to be comedian for women, it's like, okay, so now it's like, we're fucking separating everyone into two boxes. I don't know. It, 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 I, specifically, that has always really irked me. Yeah, it, it, it bothers me too. That being said, I would love if uh, the Oscars decided to just have one category, and it was called the Best Actress category. <laughs> <laughs> and both men and women were competing for just the Best best Actress category. Yeah, the Burlesque Hall is like they're doing in a lot of trouble because they like they don't want to like include trans people well that sucks <laughs> and they're like they're like well we, we just have the- wait what it's like they're like that's so dumb it's, re- they're, it's, it's they're like real out. in the, so this is- in the burlesque community right they like don't want to in the they don't want to com- like let them compete you know so whack it's so whack and like and then they you know <laughs> it's it's whack there like aren't any trans male performers like i've uh, people have come back to me and been like hey, can you please come back to the scenes because you'd be like the first and i'm like that's really like uh but i am gonna do one burlesque show but like i'm not i'm not coming back who do i gotta blow to suck some dick around here <laughs> i know it's it's offensive it's like a community i gave like so many years to i'm so excited for your act it's gonna be good yeah what when is it um it's it's either august 8th or august 9th it's at lucky 13 oh sick yeah 
Oh, Same I'm I'm also actually speaking of. I know I'm plugging a lot of shit on the show. I just remember. I thank you. I am also uh, doing a show at Lucky Thirteen. You reminded me on the twenty sixth. It's a fundraiser for my friend Christine, who is uh, she's disabled and she's dealing with a lot. She lives on like a very fixed income. Mm. Basically, she does not have enough. Um, get she's not getting enough from her disability check because no, they don't give anybody enough. Yeah, but it's like basically like there's a a, a pretty lar- basically like more than eighty percent of it is like automatically taken out to pay for her <laughs> for living her expenses stuff, yeah. for her Medicaid, but also just her living. Like she lives in a residence right now, okay. and that's taken out. So she basically has almost nothing left for herself. So I've been doing a lot of fundraisers for her, and we're doing one called and it's called Video Dome, and it's at Lucky Thirteen, and it's a group video show, uh, July twenty six. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be all these, a lot of great artists, uh, uh, Monica Panzerino and Leah Shore and, uh, Tony Zaret among many others. So. Yeah. It's really problematic how we treat disabled people. Yeah, definitely. Wait, this, we've is, been, this, this is, this is uh, disability pride month. This is disability yeah. pride month. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I feel like most of my, you can really see the difference. I have a lot of disabled friends. Like you can really see the difference between people who like, have some sort of family wealth and people who don't. Oh, and like, yeah. It's just like, if you don't have any sort of family wealth, like, you're really, yeah. really screwed. No, and her family doesn't support her. So and just, yeah. I'm just, trying to support her right applying now. applying for disability, they make it so difficult and so intrusive. They actually yeah. have questions like, what do you do all day? I mean, thank God she already, she's been in the system for also at least she gets disability, but we had a period where she wasn't getting her checks and we were really worried. Yeah, we've been we've been talking. They just about, cut my food stamps because I, I like oh, yeah. because I didn't like send something back, but they never sent me the letter that's about exactly it. Exactly what just happened to me. But and then you reapplied, and when you got it back, it was less. I haven't reapplied yet. Oh, because, oh like, you think they cut works. them? Like they cut them? Cut them. My place is oh, closed, fuck. but the housing works is like applied for me the first time, so they're gonna reapply for me. Oh, that's cool. But um, or like I have to do it with them, but like they know that I'm like. I'm actually, I'm actually pretty, I'm actually like not for like some, for some reason, I'm not that bad at doing that shit if you need help. Yeah, I'm really bad at it. Yeah, I mean, if (laughs) if Housing Works is able to help you, they might be able to like fast track it, but that's like the one thing paperwork, I I mean, I've definitely, I'm growing up, I'm definitely getting slightly better at paperwork than I was like three years ago. (laughs) That's an amazing skill. Yeah, I mean, I'm still pretty bad at it, but like I I managed to apply, like I multiple times was trying to get like people like that to like you know, like organizations or whatever to help me apply for that. It just never seemed to work out. I finally just like did it myself and I actually managed it. Yeah. And then I lost them in like February or something and I managed to get them back again. But yeah, but now it's like a hundred dollars less or something. It sucks. Yeah. I've mentioned this before when I was growing up, if you're on food stamps, that was like shameful. No, now and, it's like you, you gotta be very proud. Now it's like you literally have that, to yeah, be. Now people really are like, healthy. "Damn, man, how'd you do that?" Yeah, Help for real. Out. Yeah, for real. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. And it's also like food is so fucking expensive right it's, now. It's so expensive. I was, I, I, I was at, I was at uh, Mort Williams on Friday. I got some fish. I was at the checkout. The manager was the person at, at who was running the 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 checkout where I was at. And he looks at it. He goes, thirteen dollars for a piece of fish. Oh my god! I'm like, you're the manager. It's, right. It's ten dollars for a pack of cheese. That's more than a dollar a slice. It's insane. I'd rather I'd rather have a whip it. <laughs> we, we know you'd rather have a whip it. <laughs> it's gonna be a dollar a, a piece of something. I, I found the hidden ones today. <laughs> I found all the big pile of hidden ones. I'm not really ready to give cheese either, though. No, me either. 
<laughs> I'm not concerned about what this. You know, at this point, I'm going to say this. Everyone, everyone who's listening yeah. to this shit, like, if you're in the income bracket, fucking get food stamps. Like, yeah. seriously. Get food stamps. If it's, you think you don't, be a, don't be and if you think no. you don't qualify, you honestly, like, probably do unless you're, like, loaded. Yeah, you probably do. <laughs> like, if you're struggling at all, you probably qualify for food stamps. Yeah, I think they used to shame people out of not, yes, not, not, exactly. Right. Exactly. And, and like now it's like, um, oh, you're gonna like, like you literally can't go, like, I don't know how the fuck anyone lives in New York without food stamps. I don't know either. And like, it was really like a big deal. Like, and like, I like, they cut it off without telling me. So like, I really was screwed last month and like, um, fucking sucks. I'm so sorry. Fucking had to hang out with David for $40. <laughs> He's probably listening, but I don't care because he tried to steal Rachel's. Puppet. That was really mean, here's, David. Here's 20 for nothing. We're doing nothing. There you go. You're welcome. I love you, too. <laughs> Somebody last night, they were like... Kind of like Money for Nothing by <laughs> Dire Straits. Thank you, baby. That's You're so welcome. nice of you. That's because the it's government's the sequ- not helping me. It's sort of the unofficial sequel to Money for Nothing. It's 20 for nothing. 20 for nothing. <laughs> the no. song. 20 makes a big difference in my life. Oh, I know yeah. it does. Yeah. And I've been doing a little better recently because I've cut out a lot of things that were expensive and bad for me. Yeah. That's cool. It is I'm very, I'm very I'm proud of that you. Too. I'm very proud of you. What's that? I'm, I'm trying to do that too. Yeah. yeah. Things that are expensive and bad for you. Yeah. This is a good time in history. My, my one vice is that I love going to the movies. I that's think like that's a really most, healthy vice. Yeah, so I mean, that's my most expensive. <laughs> that's honestly the most expensive thing I feel like that I'm like constantly doing. Is it is very tickets expensive. Tickets for movies, yeah. But it's you really like it. the whole experience. Big yeah, I love, that. I fucking love that. I mean, I feel like most filmmakers are like addicted to shit like that. Um, but yeah, I'm a huge sucker for that. I love IMAX. Um, I love if there's a movie in 70 millimeter, like I... I might not even like the movie that much, but like I wanted to go see Oppenheimer in 70 millimeter in IMAX just because it's it was shot on 70 millimeter and is in IMAX. Like, have you ever seen something projected on 70 millimeter? It's fucking incredible. I don't think I have. No. Have you ever been to that like tiny tiny movie theater in Greenpoint? Which one? It's uh, f- um, a film noir. I think so. It's like um, like you know, one up from. Manhattan, right? I don't think Manhattan I've Avenue. Yeah, I think you mean Film Noir Cinema. Yeah, because there's like, like I think there's like two tiny movie theaters in Greenpoint. I think but, it's on Mesral. Yeah. Yes. That's. I think I'm. I'm. Yeah. I go there a lot because there's a lot. A lot of my friends show their movies. Yeah, there. it's really fun. I have not been able to get a screening at Film Noir Cinema for some reason. I my main play the main place that will let me do screenings is is Lucky Thirteen, and they've been so nice to me. But yeah, Film North Cinema, I can never get them to respond to me. And then in like the Canary Islands, they show my shit in like multiplexes. And then here, I can't get my shit shown in a, practically in a basement like in, in America. Downey Jr. is in Oppenheimer. Okay. Uh, he's he's oh, part yeah. of the ensemble. And he took From Back to School. If you don't if you don't know who that is, he was in Back to School. <laughs> <laughs> he took a pay cut. Only four mil. Wow. 
That was actually. Look, see the sacrifices part. that these actors are making. No wonder they're on strike. No, obviously it's no, not. No, that, that's like they, what's confusing in people is people think like yeah. all yeah, they, people think all are actors rich. are rich. They right. read, yeah. they read articles that, right. about Downey Jr. Right. taking a pay cut of yeah. only four million dollars. Yeah. They throw up their and hands. These companies and they're like, why are they? Yeah. Why are they? Are no, I know, and I, I'm just kidding. Obviously, I you know most of my friends are like struggling artists, and a lot of them are actors. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's it's really like. People are very, very like it's no the strikes are the strikes are absolutely justified. Justified, and like these these yeah. these these execs that are making like so much money are shaming these yeah. like actors for being greedy. Absolutely. These poor actors. I'm in a SAG film called Too Much Sun, which is on Tubi right now. Oh, I don't awesome. get a dime for it, so it's not awesome. I don't get any residuals for it. I have oh, a movie okay. that I'm in. Well, now they're well, gonna, well, they're going to take fair, your face and they're going to use it in movie after movie, and you're only going to get paid for one day's work. That's, oh, what, yeah. that's what the new I mean, contract to, to be is. Fair, yeah, yeah. To be fair, uh, most indie movies, unfortunately, just don't like profit, and that's been the case for like the last probably 10, almost 20 years now. So it's unfortunately like there's just no residuals to be had because there's no... There's no profit. From yeah, but movies. the cast of Too Much Sun, it's uh-huh. Robert Downey Jr., oh, cool. Eric Idle, uh-huh. Andrea Martin, oh, okay. Howard Duff. I didn't realize. Okay. So then, yeah, maybe it did turn a profit. I, I have no idea. Oh, no, it's a piece of shit. But- oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the cast. No, actually, I haven't seen it. Uh, it's- even with those actors, you'd be surprised that. Ralph lot- Macchio. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, maybe it turned a profit because it has Ralph Macchio. I mean, Downey Jr., it's like, I don't know, you know, how many people remember Back to School, but Ralph Macchio, it's like everyone remembers the Karate Kid. No, back I know. Back to School, was, uh, to school rules. Dangerfield. Yeah, no, I love when he, I love, I just like the, I just, I just like to pretend that the only movie that anyone would know Downey Jr. from is Back to School. And he really <laughs> did use to light his farts on fire. Oh, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I love in Back sure to School. When he did that, I know I was like, "You, that was not the director's idea. That's like your that's thing. That's his idea. Yeah, he was like, you can really, it's, it's methane gas. You can light your farts on fire. He, when we were kids, he just loved that. <laughs> I love in Back to School when uh, Rodney Dane, I mean, you people probably didn't see this. They didn't notice it probably when it was like out on video. And probably even in theaters because you can't pause it. But if you look now, there's a scene where Rodney Dangerfield does this like high dive. That's like the big climax of the movie. The triple Lindy. The triple Lindy. And if you look and if you pause it, it's this stuntman wearing a latex mask that's actually really scary looking. But the mask just like resembles uh, Rodney Dangerfield. But the body is like super buff because it's like a, like a stunt diver. But it must have been really fucking hard to do with this fucking mask on of Ronnie Dangerfield's face. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part of the movie. I love that movie. It's it's great. No, it's like definitely one of the best like teen comedies, college comedies. Who wants to dance? Okay. Not to shake it off. Yes. No. no. Where are we gonna listen to, to Dylan's music? Yeah, let's listen to Dylan's. Okay. Yeah. It's the the, the, so the loop <laughs> by Theophobia is not exactly danceable. We do have some danceable songs. What do we got? You want you want a danceable one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Love of Ages by Theophobia. That's probably our most danceable song. Oh, I found it. Okay.
Thank you. Me yeah. too. Like, well, as I was just telling Faceboy, that song was written by my my uh, uh, my bandmate Matt, who is the other. We're both the lead vocalist in Theophobia, and he is also the guitarist, which is a huge undertaking to be able to have to sing and play guitar at the same because he like shreds too. Um, but Matt wrote that, and it was originally a folk song. It was originally like a, like an acoustic folk song, and there's a recording of it as that just under Matt Allen. Um, on Matt's EP Spares, and I loved, I always loved that song, and I, and then I was thinking, about, I was like, this would sound really good if if I like or did like a synth arrangement of it, and made it sound like an erasure like Yazoo style song, um, and then I just added the ah, um, but other than that, it's it's Matt's tune. I just did a whole new arrangement of it, and then yeah, it and it ended up becoming if if there's any way. I mean, you know, I don't know what metric there is for success in a really, you know, local indie band so far. I mean, we're we're picking up some steam with our live shows, but I, if there's any way to measure success with a song, I think it's probably been our most successful song. Are you? Um, this is kind of off topic, but yeah. are your parents um, supportive of your art, like uh, of your music and your filmmaking? Yeah, I mean, they're supportive of me when I'm making money off of when it. You're making money, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Like I think, totally. I think once I got hired at Troma and I was getting paid and I wasn't asking them for money, yeah, they were a lot more supportive, <laughs> a lot than, more supportive. than than when I was not making money. <laughs> what did they think when you were really young and like you were hanging out with all these older people? 
Um, I think they actually were like fine with it. They were it. really supportive. That's yeah, awesome. no, they were they were cool about it. I mean, for the most part, I think they were they were because they knew that like everyone I was hanging out with were, were artists. I think if I was just hanging out with people who weren't were just doing anything with de- their time, yeah. yeah, who were who were degenerates and not artists, totally. then then uh, then I think that them, yeah, yeah yeah it felt like Dylan's being productive. Yeah, yeah, and then I also there was a like a picture of me in New York Times Magazine, so I think it lent some legitimacy. So that's what happened with my mom. Is my yeah. mom was like, "You're not an artist, Kristen, because you're not in the New York Times." And then like the New York and Times, you were in the New York Times. Yeah, that week, and I was like, "So I am in the New York Times." It's like I am an artist now. I am. I'm an artist. No, but my parents were always my parents were always pretty supportive. There definitely just was a stage where they were like, "Dylan, like you have to make money," and I was like, "I like don't fucking know how because I'm like 17 years old." And I'm like an idiot. I, I still have I, like, that talk with myself all the time. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I also like even now I'm like making money, and I'm like, Dylan, you're not making money because I'm not. I'm never. It's never enough. It's never. Oh, no, I'm not like, in New York. Sure, yeah, no. You yeah. always need more. Like no. Like definitely. Not. My friend Rain, he was like, you literally like like you leaving your be- house. It costs a hundred dollars just leaving the house. Did us. Yeah. For real, I, I, I tried to take public transportation here, and the only way to get here in time was from the bus stop. I had to get an Uber here because I would just like I won't make I it on time if too. I don't get an Uber. Yeah, here. I failed. Like, oh. I like there was just yeah. no way to get here. I, I, I had a little family emergency, and then I had an Uber. Leaving yeah. <laughs> yeah. no, your uh, Calvin texted, and that was a fun song. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah, you can find it on. It's we have an EP of the same name called Love of Ages that you can find on all. Streaming services, but especially Bandcamp because that's the only one that we make money from. Because <laughs> oh, you actually have to buy that's it. Good to know. <laughs> well, because Bandcamp, you actually like pay for the music. You pay for each song, yeah. Yeah, and I will say this: like I was saying before, you but actually you can, get high. You can put free songs going back up on to Bandcamp, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah, um, but going back to also, Facebook was talking about remasters. Bandcamp is great because you are also getting really high quality. Files you can get AIF files and I think you can get WAV files for the most part off Bandcamp. That's why I, where where I get like when I um I'm trying to do my burlesque like make my burlesque music a lot of times I get the file off Bandcamp. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. That's smart because I know a lot of Spotify drag and burlesque performers and then if that I've I've been to shows where their song has been buffering in the middle and it's oh, no. very oh, embarrassing. No. Very <laughs> embarrassing. I went That's to an bad. outdoor burlesque show and these they were all like 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 younger and they they didn't cuz my my partner's a, a drag sort of a drag performance artist. Um and yeah and and, and some people um yeah, everyone was basically trying to load their stuff off of Spotify, and it was outside. So there wasn't even like oh, Wi-Fi no. to connect oh to. My yeah, God. shit was like shit was like buffering and pausing. <laughs> That's so embarrassing. You want to download your shit, and you want it to be in good quality. Like, so I, I, yeah. I'm all for like pay the, the ninety nine cents, the get it off Bandcamp. But like you, you do need to like get no. your music. Download you your know, shit. You do need to download your. Music. You have to download your. Except shit. Except we didn't do that for our last show, <laughs> and you were just like, you can find it. And like, luckily, they were like, "Oh yeah, we do know where to find that song yeah. because it's such a popular song." They like, um, but you remember they were like, "Can you send it to us? Can you send it to us?" And I was like, "Too late now because we've never downloaded it." You remember? And also, our- CDs. If anyone still buys CDs, that's where you can actually get really high quality files of your files. favorite songs. Is you take it off the CD and it's on a fucking AIF file. It's gonna you run that through a stereo. That's gonna sound really fucking good. 
yeah. streaming is not going to sound that good. If you're an if you're even a little bit of an audiophile, do yourself a favor and see if you can just pay for an album that you like and get the 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 actual nice files of it and listen to it that way even once, you know? Yeah. At Theater for the New City, babe, you didn't download the song. I did not. Well, we live and we, we learn. But there was we that learn. one time that I never sent you my music until like right before the show, and then you spanked me. I was joking, and then you just pulled down your I pants pulled down my so pants. fast. And then you like asked, for, you asked like, everyone in the room, you were like, do you think this is consensual? <laughs> they were like, yeah, it's pretty consensual. <laughs> you were being so polite. Francis is so good about communicating oh, so, consent. It's so like polite. really awesome. Yeah. Calvin just said, bought the EP, so you got to sell Wow, thank you, you so got, much, yeah. Calvin. That's really sale. sweet. Got at least one That's sale. really sweet. We appreciate we, it. We only uh, have uh, three minutes it, left. It, it's also, we just, it's probably $3 plus the fee that Bandcamp takes, and I'm going to split it with Matt. So <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the dollar. Seriously, though, even if it's a dollar, that's Every like. dollar makes a big difference. That ass so. I have been. That's a, a whip yeah, it. really Is does. That's a whip That's a whip it. Exactly. That's a weapon. Yeah. That's a moment of peace where I feel nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Am I, I gonna like try that? How, how how drug people always put things in drug terms? Like three hundred dollars. Yeah. Holy fuck! That's an eight ball. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I'm just the only degenerate that like does still those whippets. The 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 whippet dealers they like had an intervention. They were like, she buys a lot of whippets to my friends. I was like, fuck you. So. <laughs> It's true. It's true. You buy a lot. Shortly before he died, I actually uh, did whippets with W.C. Fields. A lot of bikers do whippets because they yeah. can't, um, you know, they can't drink as much. So they can drink and drive. So they right, a lot true. of bikers do whippets. They do yeah. whippets. That makes sense. Wait, what? A lot of bikers <laughs> do whippets. How do you, like, like coordinate this driving while gangs. holding the cracker? The biker gangs that I've been friends with, they, like, told, they do whippets. Yeah, they totally like, don't want to talk about that. I like no one better than I when I said that I did whippets with W.C. Fields. <laughs> That's just, yeah, even now. Like, just everyone's ignoring that. <laughs> Does anyone here know who W.C. Fields fucking is? Yes, hated okay. kids and didn't like to work with animals. Uh, W.C. Fields... I, try, I can't do his voice. <laughs> I was going to try and do his I'm voice. I'm trying to find a W.C. Fields impersonator for, for Theophobia stuff. I don't know him. Way before. Way like before. literally like 30s, 40s comedians that I, I'm just telling a fib. I don't know. Like I didn't, well, I didn't really do whippets with him. He died in like the 40s. In the 40s yeah. <laughs> well, we got to wrap this up. Yeah. No. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank you. Do you I hate Taylor that Swift? That went really, really quick. I can't. I cannot say one way or the other how I feel about Taylor Swift due to her fan base. So I will. I will not say anything about Taylor Swift. Thank you, Dylan. That's for how being I feel. Here. <laughs> Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you, Calvin. Thank all of you for tuning in. Stay tuned for the circuit with Courtney Love coming up next. All right. Show yourself some love. Show some love to others. It's important, and you know that it is. And I like pissing off a few people with this song. 